What a great week we had last week with Easter. We spent some time looking in at, at Jesus. We celebrated all the different pieces that that there would be with Easter. And my mind went to, well, what would be a great way to come out of Easter would actually be to look at Jesus for four more weeks. And, and so the four next weeks are, are going to be things that are attributed to who Jehovah, who Jesus really is. Today we're going to talk about Jehovah Rapha, fancy word. God is our healer. Then next week we're going to talk about Jehovah Jireh, God is our provider. Then we're going to move to Jehovah Nisi, which is God is all we need. He's our banner. And then we're going to end May 15th with Jehovah Shalom. God is our peace. And what does it actually mean to have a God who is all about peace in a world that doesn't really want peace? Today, this is going to be a hard one for us as Baptists, okay? (laughs) How is God actually our healer and how does his healing power actually work? Maybe we just need to be really honest here this morning and say that we don't really believe, like really, really, really believe that God is still in the business of healing. So let, let's start with this. Here's a question that I want you just to wrestle through this morning as, as we keep investing time looking at Jehovah Rapha, our healer. What do you think is God's plan for your healing? Let's transition away from God is the healer for someone else, but what is, what is God's plan for your own healing? Where do you need healing? For some of you, you might need healing from the bad news that you received from your doctor. For some of you, you might need healing from your a situation that you're in where you're at rope's end. And you finally figured out you can't do it by yourself. What do you think God wants for you in this life? You know, we, we talk a lot about Jesus being our Savior, especially around Easter. But today, I want you to cry out to Jesus to be your healer. To be really honest, I think the world is longing to have Jesus be a healer more than a Savior right now. Do you know that Jesus in the, in the Bible actually performed 37 miracles in those three and a half years that he was in his formal ministry? Do you know that out of those 37 miracles, 28 of them are healing miracles? He gave sight to the blind. He raised people from the dead. He allowed deaf people to hear. Jesus is our healer, and I believe today that he's going to heal some of us right in this room. I believe today God is going to move in this place and touch some lives. So let's ask God that he makes me not a distraction this morning, and that you hear God's words and his words only. Let's pray. Lord, this topic is way beyond my expertise. 
But we know that this is something that's really important to you. So we pray in the next few minutes that you would be the one who speaks. For my friends who journey with me each Sunday, may this be a time where we hear your words, not Matt's words. And Lord, our our evaluation at the end of today is, did we spend time with you? We love you. We ask all this in your name. Amen. So how on earth do I talk to God about healing? What can I even expect from Jesus when it comes to healing? I want you to listen to this verse. 1 John 5.14 says this, This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Let me read that again, just so that we can all hear it. This is the confidence. This is the boldness that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Do you believe that? God, what is your will? What is your will for my marriage? What is your will for my finances? What is your will for my health? What is your will for my depression? What is your will for my anxiety? All of us face incredibly scary things as we face our our life. But here's the good news. We can all come to Jesus no matter where we are or what we've done or what's wrong with us. If we go back to that verse in 1 John 5, Jesus allows us to come with confidence, to actually approach him with confidence. Last week I I shared with you in our Easter time uh, a similar story that we're going to look at today. We looked at it from a different gospel account last week. Today I want you to listen to this from Luke chapter 5. Verse 12 says this, While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When this man saw Jesus, he fell to his, he fell his, with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you, Jesus, can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man and said, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Friends, can you see the man approaching Jesus with confidence? See, leprosy was a disease that cursed humankind for thousands of years. Doctors didn't know what caused it. They didn't know how to cure it. And so when you got leprosy, you were no longer allowed to live with the people that you lived with because it was contagious. Kind of sounds like what we went through. What a terrifying disease that people were actually separated from everyone that this man would have loved and everyone that he knew. Don't we feel like that at times because of our brokenness? 
And so here was the law 2,000 years ago when Jesus was walking on the earth. If you had leprosy and you came in contact with someone who had leprosy, that person with leprosy would cry out, unclean, unclean. And then they would work really hard to get away from you because they didn't want you to get their disease. They didn't want you to get sick like them. So here we have this guy. Leprosy is killing him slowly over many years. Leprosy is a disease where you simply just are like you're rotting, like fruit. In one of those villages, it says that Jesus met this man with leprosy. It's a terminal illness. There's no hope. And the man, when he saw Jesus, was supposed to say, unclean, unclean. You and I all understand the tension of not wanting to die. We all don't want to be sick. We all understand knowing not what to do, not exactly what to do. But the man doesn't cry out, unclean, unclean. Instead, he he bows his face to the ground and he begins to beg the Lord for healing. He said, Lord, if you're willing... I know you can heal me. Help me be clean. Listen to those words, friends. If you're willing. God, you can heal me and make me clean. For some of us, do you need to say those words this morning? And here's what Jesus says. This man is untouchable. He's unapproachable. Jesus approaches him and touches him and says... I'm willing. Be clean. And instantly the leprosy disappears and Jesus instructs him to tell no one what has happened. So why did Jesus tell him not to tell anyone? Because here's the thing. He's got to go to the doctors of their time and get a certificate saying that he was clean. His own family is not going to believe his report. He needs an official certificate that says, I'm no longer sick. For some of you, remember taking that antigen test at home? So Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone, but said, go to the priest. Let the priest look at you. Take along the offering that's required. And he says, this will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. The interesting thing is Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17. Don't be foolish, but understand what God's will is. Some of you today, you're hurting because you made a decision and you never asked God to be a part of that decision. Paul said some powerful words for us. I'd like you to to think through this in your mind. Put whatever you want in this sentence. You are getting, you are losing, you are experiencing blank because you didn't invite the wisdom of God into your life. So friends, what is God's plan for my life? You're a fool, the Bible says, to not ask, to not want to know. So today I'm going to tie in healing, but these are really great lessons for us in life. Here's the very first one, and you'll see them on the screen behind me. In my life, 
in Matt's life, in your life, I ask humbly for a miracle. This is not a name it or claim it theology. Let me tell you something. I think we as Baptists get really nervous when we ask boldly from God. This is not what God's word says. We can't name it because the it's not my name that actually fixes it. It's God's name. Luke 5, verse 12, we started with this, says this again. While Jesus was in one of those towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Do you see that example there? We have to humbly ask the Lord, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I don't know what you're going to do, Jesus. But I know you, Jesus, can do it. Here's a tough question that I asked myself this week. When was the last time that you asked for a miracle, Matt? Seriously. When's the last time that you actually bowed your head? When was the last time you actually humbled yourself before God? When was the last time that you asked God for a miracle? When the man saw Jesus, he bowed his face to the ground and he begged to be healed. He said, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Do you know that Jesus even prayed humbly for a miracle? In Luke 22, verse 42, and this comes out of the Easter story, it says this, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus really thought there was a way not to die on the cross. Friends, it's always appropriate to to ask God to end your suffering and take away your pain. You don't need to apologize for that. If Jesus Christ himself can pray to take away pain, you can pray the same prayer. Father, if you're willing to remove this cup from me, please do so. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours. Do you know that every prayer you've ever prayed has been answered? Every prayer is always answered with three things. Yes, no, or wait. You might even say, well, God didn't answer my prayer. You know, God can always say no. Why can God say no? Because he's God. In 1 Peter 4.19, it says this, Let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. How do you know if it's God's will when you're suffering? Here's the amazing thing about God. When God says no to a miraculous healing... He always sends miraculous strength. Remember in that Easter story when Jesus prayed and asked God to take it away? God said no, and the very next verse, God sent angels to minister to Jesus. God said no to the miraculous healing. But what did God do? He sent miraculous messengers, and they began to strengthen him. Friends, I hope you don't go through divorce, but if you do, God will send angels to strengthen you. I hope your disease is not terminal, but God will send angels to strengthen you. I hope you don't ever lose a child, but if you do, God's strength 
will sustain you. Whenever God says no to a miracle, he says yes, and he always sends his messengers. But God can say no. You see, when God doesn't heal, God wants to reveal. He wants to teach us a bit about who he is. He wants to reveal something about who he is. So God can say no, but God can also say yes. God says yes because he's good. God loves you. And some of you, when you die and you stand before Jesus, when you stand there on judgment day, you're going to see hundreds, maybe thousands of miracles that you never asked for. But they were there for you all along. Miracles for your kids. Miracles for your life. Miracles for your family. Miracles for your future. And you're going to utter these words, Why didn't you give me those things, God? You see, God never answers prayers that aren't asked. That's what we got to know. God never forces himself on us. You want a miracle? Ask. God can say yes because he's good. John 16 verse 24 says this, Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. See, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. They knew him personally and they walked with him daily. He said that until now you haven't asked for nothing in my name. How sad is that? If on judgment day, when we stand before God, he says, you never did ask me for anything. Matt, you tried everything. Matt, you went to counseling. Matt, you're using good medicine. Matt, you're doing all kinds of things. Let's simply just ask God. I don't know what God's going to do, but I know what he can do. The same Jesus that is in our scriptures is the same Jesus that is in this room. The same Jesus that is in your heart. It's the same Jesus who wants to hear your prayer. God can say no. God can say yes. And God can say wait, because waiting is actually good for us. Here's the second thing. You and I need to search for God's plan for my healing while I wait. I need to search for God's plan for my healing while I wait. Psalm 27, verse 14, David penned these great words. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. I'm not going to get you to raise your hand because we're in a church and I would hate for you to lie. Who hates waiting? Why doesn't God answer our prayers more quickly? You see, it's simply because as soon as I get a miracle, I would go back to everything that distracts me in life. I don't need church. I'm pretty good by myself. I have to enjoy my life. It's so short. How do you and I discover God's plan for our healing? We always search for God's will while I wait. We don't just sit back We actually say, Jesus, take the wheel. You've heard this verse numerous times. Matthew 7, verse 7 says this, When you wait, keep on asking, and you'll be given what you ask for. 
Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. Friends, don't just ask once. Don't just ask twice. Keep asking. Well, Matt, I prayed once and it didn't work. Keep praying. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking and the door will be opened to you. You see, here's what God's Word tells us. He wants to be found. Proverbs 8, verse 17, Solomon wrote these great words, I love those who love me, and those who seek me will find me. Friends, if you seek for God, you will be found. Don't give up. God loves you. Keep asking for your miracle. Here's the third thing. We need to listen for God's voice in regards to my healing. What is God saying? What should I do? Am I listening for his voice? Have you ever said this or thought this? I'm just going to go with my gut on this one. Here's what Jesus said in John 16 verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He doesn't speak on his own. He only speaks what he hears and he will tell you what is to come. Sandwich that verse with this one in 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Don't quench the Spirit. Some of us have just shut off God in our life. We've turned off the tap. Why are we afraid of the Holy Spirit? I'll give you some matology here. It's because we see people who talk about the Holy Spirit as kind of weird. God has enough weird Christians. He needs people like you and me that talk to the Holy Spirit. He's looking for people today who will just say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? Holy Spirit, would you reveal your truth to me? Here's another tough question this week for me. When was the last time in your life, Matt, that you've heard from God? Hebrews 5 verse 7 says this, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, Jesus offered prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And Jesus was heard because of his reverent submission. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. You got to trust God. But to enter into God's presence, you have to remember that it involves reverence and honor. Here's the fourth one. You need to spend time with God while you wait. You don't have to be confused about your future. All you have to do is spend time with God. John 8 verse 31 and 32 says this, To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I don't always know what Jesus is going to do. But friends, I have a sense that Jesus wants to do something. He followed it up with this in John 15, verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. All right, let's get honest for a minute here. Are you frustrated with your life? Are you tired? Why don't you try start why don't you start living in the way that Jesus wants you to live? To abide, to remain with God, means God can work with you on that. It is a 
clinging on to, barely holding on to. Unfortunately, some of us call ourselves Christians, but there's nothing Christian about our life, and we wonder why we're so miserable. You see, I believe as Christians, as Christ followers, if we actually prayed for more wisdom from Jesus, we could pray for less miracles from Jesus. See, we need to to pray to see God's outlook, to see what he sees, and we will end up praying for less miracles. Friends, you don't need to blow up your life to experience Jesus. You can just ask him for his will for your life. Okay, Matt, how do I understand his will, his plan? I always abide in his word. Here's the, the fifth thing. We need to get others to pray for my healing. We don't pray alone. We invite others. Jesus said this in Matthew 18, verse 19. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. (laughs) If there's ever a miracle, it's when two or three agree on anything. (laughs) But when you agree together in Jesus' name, God always moves. Some of us today, we're so ashamed, we're embarrassed to say, I need prayer for blank. I need prayer for my health. I need prayer for my depression. The thing that is keeping you from your miracle is your pride. Now we're going to get really serious. At the end of this little message, I'm going to ask you to stand. You're like, Matt, I really just want to die. I want to be miserable for the rest of my life, but at least I'll have my dignity. (laughs) Friends, if, if you want to get healed, if you want God to actually heal you, you have to be real, and that's not easy for us, but that's always the path to healing. James 5 verse 16 says this, Confess your sins one to another and pray for each other so that you may be what? Healed. The prayer of someone who's righteous is powerful and effective. All right, here's another tough question. When was the last time you actually invited somebody to pray for you? When was the last time that you said, you know what, God, I'm so serious about this miracle. I don't care who knows. If you need a miracle today, at the end of my message, I'm going to ask you to humble yourself just like the man with leprosy did and ask God for a miracle. We can't do this by ourselves. Colossians 1 verse 9 says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, We haven't stopped praying for you. Here's the prayer that the church was praying. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. God wants you to know his will. He wants you to know it today, but you have to invite him in. And here's the six. We need to get comfortable enough to embrace the mystery of God's will for our life. All right, I've prepped you enough. We're going to pray in a second. I have no clue what God's going to do. I don't know. I I know that not all of us will get healed. I know that not all of us 
are going to see that miracle instantly today, but I do know that God will hear us. What I'm learning in my life, and this is a recent learning, we only experience the miracles that we actually ask for. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I don't know what God's going to do today, but I know what God can do today. And just so you know, that's faith. Faith is not believing what will happen. Faith is believing what can happen. James 4 says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow will go to this or that city, will spend a year there, will carry on business, will make money. Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while, then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say this. If it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. We can make plans, friends. One of my favorite verses is is Proverbs 19.21, which says, Many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that always prevails. We have no clue what tomorrow holds. But we do know who can hold us right now, and his name is Jesus. If you need a miracle today, it might be health, it might be relationship, it might be financial, whatever it is, I'm going to ask you to stand right now so that I can pray over you. The same God that healed the man with leprosy The same God that raised the toddler from the dead. The same God who died on the cross is the same God that's here today. So, stand if you want me to pray for you. For those of you who have stood, would you just open up your hands to receive from God? I'm going to pray for you. And then as a church, we get to do something that's really cool. My friends and your friends that are sitting all around that haven't stood are going to stand after I pray for you. Because that's the beauty of community. Is that they're going to go, I'm with you in this. So let me pray for you guys. God, we expect you to work in huge ways. God, we wish we would know exactly what your plan is, but we're going to trust you today that you can work a miracle. God, the same God who performed miracles as he walked here on the earth is the same God who can work miracles in our life. God, we ask for forgiveness where we've soft-sold our request to you where we haven't had confidence, where we haven't had boldness, where we've just assumed that you're not interested in it. God, we pray for miracles in relationships. We pray for miracles in health. We pray for miracles in whatever area that has caused us to stand. We trust you and we receive your goodness. And we receive the fact that for some of us, the answer is going to be yes, and we celebrate that. For some of us, the answer is going to be no, and you're going to send messengers, angels, to give us the strength.
For some of us, we're going to continue to wait. Help us persevere in that waiting. If everybody else can stand, that would be awesome. God, we stand as a congregation. Just like those four guys in Mark chapter 2 who did whatever it took to bring their friend so that they could see Jesus because they knew if their friend saw Jesus, he'd be healed. We will do whatever it takes for our friends. God, somebody caught our eye this morning and may we not stop praying for them. May we pray continually for them as it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. You are an awesome God. You're a miracle working God. We love and adore you. If I said anything that wasn't of you, God, take it from my friends. If you used me in a small way to encourage my friends, make it about the Holy Spirit that prompts, guides, and leads. We love you. In your name, amen.